Hey everyone, welcome back to another Takes by the Lake. I'm Doug Maurice from Cleveland.com. Something a little new on Takes by the Lake. It's still Browns, it's still Browns, but we're getting some more context. We're going to do a tour of the AFC North. We're going to do a Ravens podcast, a Bengals podcast, and a Steelers podcast. We're going to figure out where those teams are, and we're going to get their view of what they think of what's going on in Cleveland. And here's why. Because the division matters. If you think the Browns are on the way up, they need an opening, right? They're going to grow up in a crack in the sidewalk, but you need a crack. And I think there might be a crack in the AFC North. They have some older quarterbacks. They have some coaches who have been around for a while. Um, and the Browns have been at the bottom of the AFC North basically since its existence. Since we went to this format in the NFL with the four team divisions, in the 16 years of that, the Browns have finished last 13 of 16 times. They finished third once. They finished second twice. Okay, so we're looking at the context of if the Browns are getting better, is there an opening? We start in Baltimore, and our guest this week is Jeff Zriebeck from the Baltimore Sun. He's covered the Ravens since 2011. Follow him on Twitter at J-E-F-F-Z. Wait, <laughs> can't spell his name. I can't spell his name because I had a thing and I lost the thing. I have a weird name too. Let me do this right. It's at Jeff, Z-R-E-B-I-E-C, Sun. Jeff Zriebeck Sun. Read him at their website, BaltimoreSun.com. He's the Ravens writer. We had a great conversation about the Ravens. We talked about John Harbaugh. Is he maybe on the hot seat? We talked about retiring GM Ozzie Newsom, the only GM they've ever had. And we talked a lot about Joe Flacco and Lamar Jackson and the state of the quarterback position in Baltimore. Here's the reality of the Ravens and the Browns. They have existed together for 19 seasons. In those 19 seasons, the Ravens have had the better record 16 of 19 years. The Browns have the better record twice and one year in 2005, they were both 6-10. and 10. The Browns haven't had a better record than the Ravens since 2007, when the Browns were 10 and 6 and the Ravens were 5 and 11. So, if the Browns could get better than the Ravens, that's a big deal, and that's what we're talking about. Appreciate you guys listening. Follow me on Twitter at Maurice. Read me at Cleveland.com. I just realized that people have been giving reviews to the podcast on iTunes. You can subscribe on Google Play or iTunes. the The old reviews are always at the top. And I didn't realize that and that there were new reviews at the bottom. And and one, a couple people think I'm Sashi Brown obsessed, which I'm trying to be less so. It's a fair criticism. But I'm very humbled by some of the nice reviews we've gotten for Takes by the Lake. So thanks to you guys for listening. This is a good one. Jeff Zriebeck is going to break down the Ravens for you, which should matter if you're a Browns fan. And he's going to tell you the Baltimore view on what's going on in Cleveland on the latest Takes by the Lake. Happy to be joined by Jeff Zriebeck from the Baltimore Sun, Baltimore Ravens writer for the last several years, um, trying to get a view on the state of the Ravens at the moment and a little bit on the Baltimore view of, of what the Browns are doing right now. So first of all, thanks for joining me today. No problem. Thanks for having me. Which way are the Ravens trending 
we we have a team. It's just I'm so interested, um, sort of in this division right now because the Browns have been at the bottom of it um, for so long, and I'm just trying to figure out what the possible path of of no longer being the worst team in the division would be like for the Browns. And obviously, you know, what the other teams in the division are like, that matters a little bit. So we know the the Ravens were 9 and 7 last year, 8 and 8, 5 and 11. They haven't been in the playoffs since 2014. Like Jeff, do, do you feel like this is a team that can be a playoff team again um right now? They were very close last year. Or, or do you feel like maybe this is a, a team that's trending um, the opposite way and, and trending away from competing for the playoffs? I think what the Ravens are trying to do is transition on the fly. I mean, they're very much a team in transition. You know, you have, you know, Ozzie Newsome stepping aside after this year uh, in favor of Eric DaCosta, his longtime uh, lieutenant. Um, you know, Joe Flacco could be in his last year um, before Lamar Jackson ultimately takes over. That's going to ultimately depend on, you know, Jackson's progress this year and how Flacco plays. And then you have the head coach who's, you know, been here for over a decade, won a Super Bowl. Uh, but the reality is Ravens owner Steve Bishotti said a couple of months ago that he considered fi- firing John Harbaugh after last year. So the perception out there with those comments and in everything the team is, is that, you know, Harbaugh may need to make the playoffs to save his job. So, uh, you know, as you go, you sort of, you know, this team has, has been one of the more stable in the league, but it's clearly they're starting to make some changes and, and do some different things. And they're, but yet they're not abandoning well, winning in the present. They still view themselves as a playoff contender. Uh, we'll see about that. There's so many new faces, um, you know, but uh, what they're trying to do is bring in a mix of young players so they don't have to have that one big teardown where, uh, you know, they, they, you know, rebuild on the rebuild all in one year and dump everybody. I, you know, gradually they're starting to get a little bit younger. They're starting to replace some players. Um, you know, and then the next step would be doing that at the quarterback position because uh, Flacco's been their starter for 11 years. So uh, we'll see. Um, I'm not buying them as a playoff team right yet. Okay. Uh, they have so many new faces on offense. I mean, their 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 top receivers, top four receivers, are all new. Um, you know, they're going to have a new starter at right tackle. They're going to have a new starter at center. Um, you know, they're going to, you know, two of their top tight ends are all new. You know, we know about the quarterback situation with Lamar Jackson and uh, Robert Griffin are going to be there. So there's so many changes among that offensive side of the ball. And until you kind of watch how the, that unit kind of meshes, it would be tough to see uh, them as, as a playoff team. So, um, you know, there's enough pieces in place for them because it's really hard to predict them to make the playoffs. They were so bad offensively the last couple of years. The Ravens and the Steelers and the Bengals have both had, to varying degrees, but pretty much for, for stability with their head coaches and stability at the quarterback position. It doesn't mean that is such a stark, stark contrast to what has happened in Cleveland. When you, Does that make sense to you that, that this is a guy who should, who, who maybe in the playoffs the last three years, and I think they made the playoffs looking here his first five seasons, they made the play to you that John Harbaugh would maybe, maybe be coaching for his job? I, you know, I mean, they're 
you know, they have pretty high standards in terms of they've never not made the playoffs. Uh, for, for The last time they didn't make the playoffs for four consecutive years was their first four years, uh, you know, in Baltimore. And we don't need to talk about that. I don't want, you know, Cleveland Browns don't right. want to hear about the first four years in Baltimore. But the, the reality is, you know, he, he, <coughs> he'd won. They were they were a contender uh, pretty much every year, uh, winning divisions and, and, you know, competing with the Patriots and other top teams in the AFC. Um, and the second part about it is, you know, this is a team that's kind of gone stale a little bit. Uh, you know, we've talked about the offense. It's just not been a very exciting product on the field. The last two years, they've been right there at the end with a chance to win the play, to win and get in the playoffs, and they haven't gotten it done. Uh, the defense has collapsed in several key games. So, I, you know, I, I think, and, and, you know, that as a result, the, probably the fan, you know, discontent is as much as it's been in Baltimore in years. So I think the owner's responding to that a little bit. So, And I think you have to understand that. I, I think, you know, the fans are calling for change. They want to be excited again. The Lamar Jackson draft, was a, that, that was a step in that direction. You know, people are excited about him and a couple of the other players they've brought in. Uh, but everything's kind of gotten stale here. And I, I think it gets to a point where, you know, you wonder if John Harbaugh's message, you know, ultimately, Ultimately, you know, grows old on a group. And, you know, no question, John Harbaugh is a good football coach. If John Harbaugh got let go by the Ravens, he'd have a job within a week. And I don't think anybody doubts that. But sometimes you need to make change. Sometimes you need to freshen things up in one another, another different direction and you know if they don't make the playoffs again this year i mean you know you see it you're gonna have a new gm in there and eric DaCosta. you may have a new quarterback in there and lamar jackson so in that sense as, as john harbaugh came in with joe flacco uh you know it, it kind of makes sense to you know to have uh you know to bring in another guy uh you know granted DaCosta and harbaugh have worked together a long time too but you could see where the owner's coming from i, I don't think john harbaugh's done a poor coaching job i think they've had so many bad drafts not so many uh but in recent years they've missed far too much and and they had a pretty high standard here with ozzy newsome you know hitting on guys and and you know he has a well-deserved reputation for that but you know they've missed a little on some player personnel matters and it, and it caught up to him i don't think john arbaugh forgot how to coach but in saying that you know sometimes as i said change is necessary and uh, even if the you know the personnel may not be all that great um you know i think sometimes you have to change things up a little and get a little different voice and i think they could be headed in that direction if if this year represents more mediocrity i mean they're five they're 500 exactly i think they're 40 and 40 since the super bowl so that's the epitome of mediocrity and uh the owner has said on multiple occasions that look we want to be contending every year it, it sounds a little bit uh, reminiscent of, of what Philadelphia went through, and we know John Harbaugh came from there, worked for Andy Reid. Um, Andy Reid didn't become a bad coach, but it was time for a change in Philadelphia. He immediately got a job in Kansas City. The Eagles tried Chip Kelly. That didn't work, but then they went to Doug Peterson and won a Super Bowl. So, I mean, the idea of like, yeah, you're still a good coach. Um, you've done well here, but maybe it's just time for a change. I think everybody can kind of relate to that. I, I really do want to get to Joe Flacco and Lamar Jackson, and I know I'm sure the listeners want to also. But I think first I, I, I do want to ask you about Ozzie Newsome. Um, again, he announced that um, this is going to be his last year. It, it, like, how big of a deal is that? They know Ozzie Newsome so well as a player and as a personnel guy. Um, it will miss 
um, Ozzie Newsom, who clearly um, has built some very good rosters. Deal because he's their only GM they've ever had, and that's pretty remarkable in this day and age to have the same GM they're doing since 1996. Um, and um, you know that that for one, and, and he's kind of you know right from the first draft hitting on Jonathan Ogden and Ray Lewis, two Hall of Famers in the first round, and sort of it was a way a way they went. <clears throat> Excuse me, and uh, so uh, you know I, I think it's probably time. You know Eric DeCosta has been considered one of the top young executives in football, um, and you know he's he's turned down multiple job interviews over the years, multiple job offers. Uh, because he wants to succeed Ozzie Newsom in Baltimore. Um, and, uh, you know, at some point, you just got to turn over the reins. And, and the one thing about positive is Ozzie Newsom isn't going anywhere. He's not going to be the final decision maker, but uh, they're going to have a role for him. I don't know what it is yet. They haven't labeled it, but he'll still be involved in scouting. He'll still be involved in the draft. He'll still be involved working with scouts and stuff, and that's his strength. Ozzie Newsom loves being around football. Uh, he doesn't want to go anywhere necessarily, uh, but the way they structured this, this deal was done five years ago, and uh, they decided at the end of Ozzie Newsom's next contract, he'd step aside for DaCosta. So uh, whether, you know, Ozzy Newsom's not made any comments that he's not happy about it because he still sees himself being around. Uh, but given the timing of it with the team missing the playoffs three years in a row and the, and the draft, you know, not producing as much as it had in the past, I think it is probably time to get a new voice at the head of the front office. And that's not being negative about the job Ozzy Newsom done. It's just going back to where I said about Harbaugh. Sometimes you just need to change things up a little bit when things get a little stale. I'm going to keep teasing people with Lamar Jackson because we know that's the most interesting guy in Baltimore right now. But with Joe Flacco, who again has been the starting quarterback for the entire Harbaugh run for a decade, just very specifically right now, the 2018 Ravens, uh, because part of what I want to do is sort of like trying to figure out could maybe, you know, who could the Browns possibly maybe be better than in the division this year? Can Will Joe Flacco, do you think, can Joe Flacco, in an again, for lack of a better word, be a good quarterback this year, or or is he just on the wrong side of the slope? And and you have questions about what kind of player he can be in two thousand eighteen. Because uh, you know I've look Flacco got hot during the Super Bowl year, hammock, and, and that effective and that proficient of a player. He got hot at the more often than not. He's been a solid quarterback who 12 weeks a year gives you a chance to win. Uh, a couple other weeks he struggles, then a couple other weeks he's the reason you win because he's, he's so damn good. He's just So uh, that's just what you're getting with him. He's an up-and-down guy. And last year he was not well the whole year. He had the bad. He played with a herniated disc. He's not a complainer, but it's obvious he couldn't really practice at times. He, he couldn't work on certain things. Uh, so, uh, you know, I think he's healthy again, and I, I think they've gotten his attention, and I think that's the biggest thing. Um, you know, he's never been challenged here since, mm -hmm. you know, earlier in his career. They've, they've, their backups have been like Ryan Mallett and Matt Schaub and, you know, Tyrod Taylor early in his career before people view Tyron as necessarily a starting quarterback. So uh, they've gotten his attention now. I'd imagine he's not happy about all this, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson stuff. And, and I think the Ravens would say, good, we need to pay, we need Joe Flacco to play better. Um, and, you know, he, he, 
we we talked to him in the off-season workout program. He looks much better. He looks much more energetic. He looks healthier. Um, and this was before the Lamar Jackson thing. And uh, I think you got to keep in mind with Flacco, he's a competitive guy. And, and the times where the scrutiny's been at the highest, where people have been most questioning him and his viability as a franchise quarterback is when he's played his best. So I don't think it's out of the question that he has another good year or two in him, especially in these circumstances you know they have all these new weapons in the offense we'll see none of these guys are elite guys but there's a bunch of different faces and the offense right now is, is better the targets are much better than they were in the last couple of years so we'll see what that what happens with that but i don't think it, you know i think they're going to have a decision to make after this year do, do you move on from him um and you try to do what the chiefs did or if he plays so poorly i think your answer is going to be right there in front of you you know if if Flacco has another bad year, then I think the decision's made. You know, you have to move on. But I, I wouldn't. I think he'll still have. Uh, you know, he's not going to be a top quarterback, but I still think he'll more often than not give him a chance to win. Uh, you know, and they always have a great special teams, and their defense uh, has been pretty good. So uh, that combination, I think they'll be fine. I think he can make sure they're at least go into December with a chance to make the playoffs. All right, let's get to Lamar. We know there's there's all this quarterback talk in Cleveland with taking Baker Mayfield number one. Did the Ravens plan to take a quarterback, or did Lamar Jackson just far, far uh, fall far enough in the draft that the Ravens felt like, you know what, we can't pass on this guy. We have an older quarterback. Let's take him. Like, was this a purposeful decision? We need to start planning for the future at this position, or did they sort of just... You know, did it just happen by happenstance that a pretty good quarterback was there? Yeah, that's a great question. And and I think, um, you know, it's a combination of a little. You know, they went into this draft looking for a young quarterback. Okay. However, they were more in the market for, you know, maybe maybe – third round maybe second if if rudolph was there in a certain spot but i think they were more looking at the second tier the kyle lolettas and the guys like that that you know were coming off the board supposed to come off the board in the third and fourth round um but when it became apparent i you know i think they were intrigued by lamar jackson i think they were intrigued by what he would mean kind of the juice he brings the elite you know he you know we don't know about his transition to an nfl quarterback but he does have some elite skills uh, you know athleticism and all that so i think they were intrigued by that all along but look they could have taken him at 16 they didn't they traded back they could have taken him at 22 they didn't they traded back and then they could have taken him at 25. They took the tight end, Hayden Hurst, instead. So uh, I don't think anybody from the Ravens is going to say we went into this draft having to have Lamar Jackson. But what happened is, you know, they were eyeballing him, and they thought it would, you know, would be a fit. But, uh, you know, they weren't exactly sure how much to invest. And, uh, you know, they get done with their 25th pick, and he still happens to be there. And they saw an opportunity where they could trade, trade back in the first round and get him. And that sort of was kind of the cherry on top, I mean. Um, you know, basically to, to move up and get a, your possible franchise quarterback the future, they traded a future second-round pick. So I think that's a move most teams uh, would have to make. If you like Lamar Jackson, some teams aren't sold on him. Don't think he's a quarterback. That's fine. Uh, but if, if you're the Ravens, if, if you're intrigued and think he has a chance and you know your quarterback is 33, he's had some back and knee issues, I, I think that's a chance you have to take. So I think they kind of went in the draft intrigued by the possibilities 
considering him with a mid-first rounder, but ultimately they, they thought it was more viable if they got him on their terms, and that, that's okay. exactly how it played out. All right, so again, the talk here in Cleveland is, like, when is Baker Mayfield going to take over? They have Tyrod Taylor as the veteran quarterback here. The Browns say he's going to start. Some people think Tyrod Taylor should play the whole year. Is there any scenario where Lamar Jackson ends up playing quarterback for the Ravens this year while Joe Flacco is still healthy, that they make a move? Or is like that just not at all a consideration? This is Flacco's year, and this is a pick for the future. Like, There's no way that Lamar Jackson's going to be the starting quarterback in week nine or something. Yeah, you know, I, I think this is Flacco's year. They they would, and the best case scenario would be that, um, you know, Lamar Jackson gets the year to develop. Uh, you know, I, I think in every game they'll put in a package for Lamar Jackson. I think they'll, you know, they'll sort of use him like Cordell Stewart in the past. Um, I think they'll move him around a little bit and they'll try to, you know, I don't, know that he's necessarily going to get in you know every game but I think there's going to be some wrinkles they had with Lamar Jackson um but I don't think the plan is to start him however I think we all know you know we see the quarterback what happens at the different quarterback positions and you know the one thing that Joe Flacco's never had is a backup that fans want to see play Mm. so in Baltimore, you fully expect in their home opener, if they go three and out the first couple of possessions, you're going to hear chance for this guy. People are excited. They, they had a rookie minicamp practice, and there's already multiple people on the sidelines wearing uh, fans or guests of the team wearing Lamar Jackson jerseys. People want to see this guy play. So there's going to be that kind of hanging uh, you know, over there about if the offense struggles, do we go to this guy? And then you got the fact that John Harbaugh may have to win to save his job and could he do something desperate if they're sitting at midseason and they have a defense that's playing really well a special teams that's helping you win games and an offense that sort of is kind of just in the mud you know I guess I wouldn't rule it out but I think it's highly unlikely I think their best case scenario is to have Lamar Jackson sit for much of the year maybe use him at different in different games to get his feet wet and and to you know give your offense a little bit of boost and a new look a new dimension uh but Joe Flacco is their starting quarterback going into this year and it, it would kind of take him to just be awful I would think for them to introduce for them to start the Lamar Jackson era this year okay Okay. Um, really interesting stuff on the Ravens. I did want to get, Jeff, sort of your view from Baltimore of what's happening in Cleveland from either just your personal reaction or if it's what you and other people on the Ravens beat were talking about the night of the draft, or I don't know if anybody on the Ravens might have said anything. What did you think, um, again, from afar of the Cleveland Browns taking Baker Mayfield with the number one pick in the draft? Yeah, you know, it's funny, um, one of Baker Mayfield's best friends uh, is Mark Andrews, the tight Mm -hmm. end from Oklahoma, and, you know, the Ravens drafted him, and we talked to him last week, and, you know, Mark Andrews said flat out, he's the best player in the draft, he's the best quarterback in the country, and he's going to show it, and, uh, you know, I was impressed, I was impressed with, you know, and they're friends, so you expect them to say that, but, uh, you know, I, I... 
I think what you hear a lot is, first of all, I think the Browns have done a really nice job uh, solidifying the offense, different skill positions. I mean, people in Baltimore are always complaining about the Ravens at wide receiver position. They lack an elite wide receiver. They get guys like, you know, Steve Smith and Anquan Bolden or, um, you know, last year it was Jeremy Macklin, Mike Wallace, guys that are, you know, have already played in one or two places or not or in the kind of the downside. And, you know, there's, there's some jealousy there with what they're building in terms of weapons, you know, in terms of, you know, obviously Josh Gordon and, and they got Jarvis Landry, who the Ravens were in on, um, you know, the tight end, uh, you know, it looks like he's going to be a heck of a player. Um, and now you got a quarterback and, and, you know, when the Ravens people were evaluating quarterbacks in this draft, I, I never was able to kind of get how they ranked them. But they thought there were some challenges in each one, but their attitude was there's certain things in each one you can bank on. And obviously with Mayfield, you know, it's the fact that he's really accurate and, and you know, he's just that that really comes into play. So, uh, you know, I, I, look, the, the Ravens have had their way with the Browns. I know a lot of teams have. I think Flacco and Harbaugh since in their tenure have only lost the Browns twice, um, you know, in the entire time. And that's, you know, we're going on 11 years now, but the games are all close. I, I think they viewed the Browns as a, you know, a potential threat going forward. And I, you know, I think there's some respect there. And I think they know, first of all, they love Tyrod. Tyrod Taylor is a really popular guy, both in the Ravens locker room and, you know, among the fans, just a really good dude uh, who probably got unnecessarily criticism in Buffalo. So, uh, you know, I, I think there's there's a lot of respect there for what the Browns are doing, and, and I think there's a lot of curiosity to see how Mayfield plays. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. There's some, you know, you talk about, you know, you look, compare the skill position players on offense for the, for the you know, the Ravens and the Browns, and, and, you know, the Browns got better, and I think that's well documented. And, you know, you write that, and fans are like, yeah, but they're still the Browns. They're still going to yeah. figure out a way to mess it up. And, I, you know, that's obviously what the Browns face and what Dorsey faces going forward. Um, and that's understandable given their struggles. But, uh, you know, I like the conviction. I, I like how that was their guy. It wasn't like a three-ring circus where everyone knew who they were going to pick. They kept it to themselves. Seems like they considered the right things. And, uh, you know, they went with the guy who thinks the best. I don't think you can fault them with that. I, you know, I don't think you could fault them for that. I, I, you know, I think you have to be pretty pleased with the process. You don't know if he's going to work out. You don't know if any of these quarterbacks are going to work out. Each one, you could figure out something about them that you think is going to make them a, a huge star in the NFL. And you can pick one element that you think might make them a bust. I mean, that's the nature of it. I don't think there was any, you know, Andrew Luck or Peyton Manning mm-hmm. in this draft, but uh, I, I think the first of all, I like what the Browns did this off season. Some of the some of the moves they made, and you know, I, I like the process that when I wound up with Mayfield. You know, I never considered really the Ravens in the quarterback market in terms of for one of the top four guys, uh, so I didn't really study those. But I, you know, watched what everyone else was watching, was at the combine, and all that, and you know, if that's the guy they view as the best fit for their offense, I like how they kept it to them themselves they worked out did due diligence on all of them didn't make it into a clown show and then went up and got the guy or stayed there and got the guy they wanted i think that's pretty admirable and you know obviously the gm's known for being pretty good at uh you know as a talent evaluator yeah. i think uh you know i think you have to give him credit for that is it funny when uh you know nick chubb was a big pick for them in the second round um yeah. and when we asked alonzo highsmith was asked for a comparison on him he immediately said jamal lewis 
um, mm-hmm. jumped right off his lips, which again is like, oh, well, yeah, you'd take that yeah. uh, if that's what that guy is. Um, yeah, I mean, you look at every position. You look at Hyde and Chubb and Duke Johnson and, um, you know, when, uh, obviously there's some questions about how Coleman's going to work out and whether, if, you know, they still can kind of salvage him, but Josh Gordon and Jarvis Landry and, and, you know, they've solidified their offensive line a good bit last year and they're moving forward on that. Uh, that we know you're going to win if you have good quarterback play and that's what it's mostly about. But uh, that cupboard is hardly bare. There's yeah. good, you, you compare them to some other teams and uh, they have better offensive personnel than, than, than a handful of teams out there. And, you know, that's the thing. I think people uh, are kind of waiting it to click and, you know, they don't get the benefit of the doubt because everyone just says, oh, they're the Browns. Something will happen. They'll either get bad luck or they'll mess it up. But uh, one of these days it's going to click, and uh, I think they're on the right path. I think that there's some exciting players there to watch. Jeff, this has been great stuff. I want to ask you one more big-picture question before I let you go. Um, sort of what I'm getting at with all of this that I, that I want to dig into a little bit with different teams around the AFC North is – is the idea that, that the Browns have been the doormat and, again, the, the Bengals and the Ravens and the Steelers, to varying degrees, have all had things that the Browns would have killed for, which is quarterback stability and head coaching stability. But all these quarterbacks in this division are, are getting older. Flacco and Roethlisberger and Andy Dalton. And you can see the Lamar Jackson plan. You can see if Mason Rudolph is going to be the plan um, for the Steelers. But... You know, as the Browns are trying to get better, it does seem to me like it's possible that that sort of like a window might be opening. That clearly there are three franchises who have been better than the Browns, no doubt about it, and they're all coming to a transition point. You talked about that right at the very beginning. That the the, the, the Ravens are going to try to transition on the fly. Do you feel like that that this is a division that with the AFC North in the next couple years? We are going to see that transition, and maybe if the Browns get it right, they would have a shot. But also maybe maybe the Ravens and the Steelers that have been two very successful franchises run very well. Maybe the Ravens and Steelers can just keep it going, slide right on to their next quarterbacks, and not miss a beat. When you look at the AFC North in the years to come, how do you think it might shake out? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and, you know, so few teams other than New England have been able just to be there every year. And, you know, the Ravens are kind of hitting hitting that downside. And yet their kind of downside has been 9-7, and 8-8. Eight and eight. Yeah, yep. we had the 5-11 and 11 year, but that 5-11 and 11 year was when Flacco tore his ACL. And they had like 9 or 10 starters on IR. Um and, you know, I don't think the Ravens, the way they're set up, are going to be down for a long time. And, I like, I don't mean down. I just mean kind of like a doormat. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, down for them is what they're going through now in a lot of people's minds. And I get that. And I think one thing they do is they kind of keep a growing roster. But at some point, and it could be this year, because of all the transition we've talked about, Terrell Suggs is in the final year of his deal. And their defense went from Ray Lewis and Ed Reed after 2012 and then it became Terrell Suggs' defense. And he's been here since. He was a pro bowler he had last year. And he could be gone this year, too. So that would be added in the transition that we discussed. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely think – I mean, look, I was thinking about it earlier – 
it's pretty incredible that the Steelers, with that group of offensive weapons in their prime, you know, arguably the best running back in the league, a Hall of Fame quarterback, uh, the best wide receiver in the league, a good offensive line, um, you know, a cadre of tight ends that are solid underneath kind of guys, which is what all they need. And they haven't really done anything in the playoffs. And, yep. and um, you know, you don't know how long they could keep you know, you only have so many kicks of the can at it with a nucleus. So, yeah, I think it's definitely in some transition. I don't know if that transition starts this year for Pittsburgh. Um, I think they still have everyone back. I think probably after the Patriots, they're going to be the number people, the number two team people predict as kind of like the AFC kind of contenders. Um, so I don't think they're going anywhere in the next year or two, but I think gradually there are definitely going to be some changes and they're only going to get so many more shots at it with that current group of players, uh, especially with the quarterback. Um, so yeah, you know, it has to change at some point. You know what I mean? I think the Bengals, you know, to me, look even further along sort of uh, I don't want to say in their downfall. That's not the right word because uh, they had a lot of success before everything seemingly went wrong this past year. But uh, they need to get some more players in there mm-hmm. and kind of accelerate the transition. They're in a very similar spot as the Ravens. Um, so yeah, there, there's going to be there is going to be a transition in this division, uh, you know. And I think the good teams are the ones that are able to kind of do it on the fly and maybe only take a couple year down years or even their down years still be a pretty respectable team, uh, you know, before they build it back up again. That's what the Ravens are trying to do. It hasn't exactly worked like they'd hoped the last couple of years. But, um, you know, I think definitely, I think the more, you know, there's so many picks the Browns have had. And, you know, yeah. some of these guys are going to pan out. And I, I just think uh, the more young players they get in there and give them an opportunity, uh, you know, I, you know, I don't know. Uh, it's hard to predict around the NFL because until you have your uh, proven starting quarterback, it's tough to think there's going to be a big uh, move made up in the standings. But uh, I think they're definitely on the right track to kind of changing that narrative a little bit in the AFC North. Jeff, thank you so much for this today. Really great stuff on the Ravens. Really great uh, overall perspective on this division. We loved having you on, and we really appreciate your time here on Takes by the Lake. Thanks so much, man. I appreciate you having me, and uh, maybe we'll catch up during the year. Very good. And that's it for another Takes by the Lake. Thanks so much to Jeff Zreback. He was great. Thanks to you guys for listening. Uh, We'll have more of these coming up. Um, we, we still want to keep doing the Browns. We gotta gotta get off the draft. Gotta get off the new guys a little bit. Start looking more big picture. So we'll keep that up. This continues to be what I think is a very interesting team. So there's lots of things to talk about before the start of the year. Um, and I hope you guys uh, enjoy the conversations and the guests we have. So thanks to Jeff. Thanks to you. I'm Doug Maurice. That was Takes by the Lake. And we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>